Lows for lows are the quid pro quo for these average Joes in the snow. And so, let's recount the events and see how this goes. For in the devil's antlers, the terror only grows. Dart and Elliot shared a dream in which they met with the Metatron. The wife will not be happy to see you. One thing I even I could have foretold. I don't think you understand, cause this has nothing to do with you and her. It's about your son. Venturing back out into the cold, they followed the Metatron's directions and found a cave. It looks as though like these body parts are are there as like a food source, the way that they're piled up. With Elliot's wife and son inside. He told me you were going to come through in a situation and I knew you weren't going to do it because you're a son of a bitch and this time, the worst time, you do it. What am I going to tell him when you don't? You son of a bitch! They made their way back towards their car, but found themselves once again blocked by the river. Uh, toss the gun over to me and then hop that second rock, okay? Okay. So you toss it directly to Dart. Dart, you grab it out of the air and when you grab onto it, you look down and you notice that there's a piece of paper stuck into, uh, it's like stuffed into the action. You uh, pull out the piece of paper, you open it up and it just says, I will see you in the basement. And crossing didn't prove to be as fortuitous this time. Her one foot just sweeps out from under her and she splashes into the water. And you see that she's immediately started to be carried down. And you see that she's like flailing and doing everything that she can. She bashes up against a couple of rocks as she's just being carried just down the stream. What would any of you like to do? I'm gonna go in after her. I think Dart loses uh, his grip on the gun and it kind of like falls on the bank. Oh yeah, the river immediately sweeps it away then if it falls on the bank. Elliot, you have never had somebody grab you as strongly as this person did in this exact moment. And it feels as though, as though something is working through Ronnie as this happens and you find yourself breathing heavily, but both you, Nora and Ronnie are soaked, but on the shore. And immediately freezing would set in. Like, oh, no, fuck, oh, fuck, it's so cold. We need to, we need to get warm quick. So let's return now to our chilling tale of the devil's antlers.
Elliot, you're gasping for air. It's very hard to breathe. It feels like like your lungs and entire chest are 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 contracted and and everybody around you is rushing to do something. What are you guys doing right now as they're laying in the snow? <sighs> Uh, Dorothy is taking off their coats and wringing out water as much as possible. Yeah, Nora uh, starts wringing out water from all of the clothes that she possibly can. Um, what are... Uh, Bring out your clothes. Elliot, you too. Ronnie and uh, Dart, what are you guys doing? Well, apparently Miss Survival Lady knows what she's doing, so I think Ronnie's going to kind of wait for orders at this point. Ronnie, go find sticks. Go find sticks, logs. We need to build a fire. We need to get them warm as soon as possible. Sure. Dart, you too. Uh, yeah, can do. Okay, Elliot, Nora, I need you guys to keep motion in your hands and your feet and your extremities. So shake them back and forth. Rub your hands together. Preserve as much heat as you can. Will do. Um, I think after a while, uh, Dart and Ronnie, you'll come back with uh, some sticks and stuff and you can clear off an area and start trying to build a fire. Uh, after a little while, you're able to start to kind of get um, a little fire going and then you go and start breaking off more branches and eventually you're able to get it going well enough that uh, Nora and Elliot start huddling near it and um, Nora takes off her socks and uh, shoes and sets them sort of near the fire um, shakily and almost like sits in it, you know, she's so close to it and like rubbing her hands over it. And I do the, the same. Uh, Dorothy will take off her scarf and hand it to Elliot to wrap around his feet and she'll take off her gloves and put them on uh, Nora. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to be bundled up in layers. I'll give him my outer layers as well. Thank, thank uh, you. Thank, thank you. I, I don't think this is going to be enough. I think we need to go back to the cabin. Just huddle. You want to go back across this river? I don't know if we can make it that far, hon. It's closer than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. We can't go back across the river. Do I remember how far it was from this point to the car? A couple of hours, maybe three, you'd guess. Anywhere we go means we're going back out into the cold, and we don't have enough clothing for it. We gotta just stay where the heat is, which is the fire. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, Try and get your clothes as, as dry as possible, and... I'll come up with any excuse to not go back to that hell basement. What? Oh, you weren't there for that. Yeah, more importantly, we've barely mm. made it across this river twice now. I don't think going across it twice more going to help us any. It's going to take us all day to warm up. It, we'd have to spend the night here. We won't make it. You're talking from a perspective that's not dry yet. The longer you buy the fire, the, I'm sure it'll get easier for you. I say, blindly, not knowing anything about how this works. <laughs> what time of day is it right now? It's getting to be afternoon, you would guess. Um, it's kind of hard to see the sun position, though, at this point. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you're kind of deep in that cedar and pine forest, and so... Kind of around that uh, noon one-two area. Yeah, cool. um... I mean, I guess you're kind of close to the river, so um, 
you know, it's not super hard to tell. Uh, like, yeah, it's, you know, somewhere in between, like, uh, noon, two o'clock, somewhere in that neighborhood. What do you mean about the basement? Oh, yeah. Frosty, you, uh, you kind of blacked out there for a while. Uh, that, that cabin was not the friendly cabin I thought it was. In the basement, there was an altar. And, uh, and Dorothy will look over at Hamlet and go, Hamlet, come here. Earmuffs, hun. And she'll just put, she'll put her hands over his ears. In the basement, there were a couple of corpses that were split open. <laughs> and, um, there was an altar with a skull on it. And the skull had glowing eyes. I didn't look at it. I didn't touch it. And, um, we got out of there and blocked off the basement as fast as we possibly could. It is not a good idea for us to go back there. She'll let go of Hamlet's head. <laughs> Do you think it's connected to all this? Yes. There's not a shadow of a doubt in my mind. And he's going to just resume trying to heat himself up. And um, eventually, like, he's going to try to uh, lean towards uh, Nora and try to help heat up her hands. I don't even think she fights you. I think she is just delirious and freezing. Hey, hey, hey Greenbank. I've been thinking about this for the last few hours. Um, I've been thinking about all that stuff that happened earlier. Uh, you, you found uh, something in your, at your house and you were reading through the stuff and something about mounds and I guess my question is, we're dealing with rituals, and you uh, you mentioned rituals back in your your readings, and I was just wondering if you you drew any lines between the two. Yeah, it's a potential ritual site that had an iron door on it and a ritual accompanying it. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Did you did you read anything about? I don't know when to go rituals or whatever the hell. Do do not say that word while we're in this forest. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, did anything in that basement look familiar to you? It reminds me of something. It, um... The god of those creatures has rituals and customs attached to him that are very much like that. However, it is not a good idea to talk about it while we are in this forest. The queen of those creatures and her kindred, she has quite a few rituals and practices that are very much like that. It would not surprise me if she was the one behind everything. Or if one of her followers, maybe she doesn't really have any followers. She really just has people trying to keep her appeased, I guess. Okay. Well, none of that was comforting, but the more that you know, the safer the I feel. So, I'm glad that this isn't completely unknown and mysterious to you. Nope, not at all. I didn't want to say anything about it while we were in the cabin because, quite simply, not a good idea. 
One of the things you learn studying the stuff I do is that names have power and you have to be very careful when and where and how you use them. Dart, you probably need to go and gather more wood at this point. Yeah, uh, happy to do so. I'm sure this isn't going to lead to anything sinister. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's probably also, uh, like, um, pulled out his pocket knife and has started trying to, like, whittle some bark off in case we need kindling in the future. So apparently that's a thing that we need now. Uh. Yeah, you you spend a pretty significant amount of time. Um, after a while, though, you you um, start exhausting the amount of dead uh, things that you can find um, in the immediate area and vicinity, and so you have to continue circling out further and further, and um, you know you have to do this every half an hour or so like the the stuff that you're able to gather isn't large and so it burns rather quickly especially now that this fire is roaring pretty well and maybe the third time that you go out you uh you think you hear something moving in in the snow but you can't quite see anything and you pause and spend some time waiting to see if anything moves or or anything like that, but it just nothing else, but it it feels like something's watching you. Dart slowly lights up a cigarette, pulls out his knife, and uh, begins hustling back to the camp and uh, getting back there. Uh, uh, guys, uh, you know, I don't want to put too much of a rush on things, but I think once what we've got here burns down, we gotta get moving. Where? I think there's something around. I, I don't know. Something. Uh, something. Care to elaborate? Well, I didn't see nothing, and... You know, I don't... I think I heard something, but... I mean, maybe it was... You know, maybe it was just like a rabbit or... Or, or, you know, lost deer or something, but... It gave me the heebie-jeebies, and I, I think... We gotta try and make it to the car. And get out of these woods. I mean, we probably got... Uh, maybe 20-30 minutes till this burns out, but as soon as it does, I think we gotta get packing. Maybe we take some of these as torches, and then it'll be easier to start the next fire. Is that how that works? Could help keep us warm as we go, I suppose. If nothing else. Um, Elliot and Nora, you're not necessarily feeling well enough to travel, but also sounds like you don't really have much of a choice, so you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of is what it is at this point. Um, you're probably going to need some help. You have some feeling returning to uh, to your body and extremities and things, but your clothes are not completely dry at this point. They're still a little bit damp, um, which definitely makes things uncomfortable. 
but yeah, you, you can all start. Uh, are you heading in the direction of the car then? Where do you want to go? You on board with us, Green Bank? I think we need to start headed towards the car and getting out of here. M maybe everybody will start uh, to warm up once we get the blood flowing. I hope you're right. Come on, uh, Nora and Emma. I'll start passing out torches. Uh, Dorothy will swap coats with Nora so she's wearing the wet one and Nora has a dry one. And I think uh, Dart is going to take off his uh, undershirt, which is going to take probably a, a minute or two, but he's, he's going to give that to Elliot so that he can at least have like a dry base layer and hope that that helps him a little bit. I mean, it, it definitely does. I grab it and it extend it towards uh, Nora to take. I mean, she will gladly take it and uh, she kind of like goes and hides behind a tree and uh, takes off a wet layer and puts on um, the dry undershirt and then the overcoat as well and um, then slings, like just kind of flings the wet shirt into the snow. All right, uh, I take one of the torches and I <clears throat> hand it to Hamlet and I go, um, you ever carried a torch, son? No. <laughs> well, it's kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah, um, cool. <laughs> and he'll grab onto it and kind of swing it around a little bit, but, like, you can tell that he's very cold as well. Yeah, the, the more we, we go, the more we'll warm up, okay? And, uh, you make sure that you stay in the middle, so someone will be in front, and, and I'll be in the back, and then just stay in between us. Okay. All the time. Okay. If you hear anything behind us, you don't look. You, you just look forward, okay, sport? Okay. All right. Let's get going. He'll, uh, turn and start uh, marching. Uh, what's the marching order then? I'll be a gunman. Front or back. I think we only have one gun right now. Oh, we lost a gun. I yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, you lost a gun in the river, yeah. You yeah. lost Dang a rifle. Yep, uh, I'll stand sure in did. back with, uh, with the pistol. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, definitely the guy whose hands are barely working should definitely have a gun. <laughs> um... All right, cool. Um, you start marching your way through the snow and it is way worse than last time. Um, now that you've stopped for a little while and given your joints a chance to really stiffen up, like even the ones that haven't fallen into the river, like this is, this is awful. And you continue for probably uh, another hour or so and it's beginning to get darker, um, but your torches give you enough light so you're able to to guide yourself through these sort of dusk hours where it gets a little bit harder to see. And then you hear some crunching um, through the woods, but like it's it's like stomping, like you know, similar to to your walking, you know, raising your foot above the snow, and then you 
see some a beam of flashlight um, kind of arcing through the the forest in your direction. Uh, we can see where it's coming from. Yeah, it's um, off, uh, so it would be to the south east at this point. Kind of in the direction that you're um, going, but kind of not, you know. Because you guys are mostly heading um, south at this point, but, you know. Or, I'm sorry, you're mostly heading east at this point. Um, I apologize. Is that your rabbit, Vandemeek? Uh, I think Dart's gonna start trying to jog a little bit ahead then and call out to them. Uh, hey there! Uh, can... Hello? Uh, you'll see, like, this silhouette sort of, like, wave, um, and it's sort of over-exaggerated, and, um, he starts kind of trotting towards you as well. Um. Hi! 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 Hey, uh, hey, uh, 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 what are you doing out here? Oh, my name's Joseph Albert, uh, um, um, my name's Joseph Albert, and, uh, um, um, I am out here trying to hunt and trap and fish and sometimes look at birds. Oh, okay, uh, Joseph Albert, that's a real good name. Uh, my name is Dart. And uh, I, I got some friends with me coming along here. Uh, oh, hi, Dart. And he'll, like, grab onto your hand and start shaking it, like, very vigorously. I'm Joseph Albert. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, here's the thing. Uh, much like you, we, we were out here. We were going to do a little bit of hunting, a little bit of fishing. And, uh, you know, uh, some of my friends, they're real city slickers. They fell in the river, so... We're trying to get them back to, uh, back to our car, back to the, uh, the, the state park parking lot. We left our car there. We want to get them there as fast as possible. Or if you know of a, maybe a farmhouse nearby or really anything. What there's a cabin, you know, to the north, northwest. Got a wood stove. Hi, I'm Joseph Albert. Oh, boy. Joseph Albert, uh, this here's Ronnie. Ronnie, this is Joseph Albert. Pleasure. Can we walk and talk? Sure. And he'll uh, walk uh, with you guys um, as you start heading towards the car. Mr. Albert, you're a long ways from anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, you got anybody with you? Oh, no. Uh, you got any place warm that you like to go besides that, Kevin? Uh... Oh yeah, there's another one. Uh, maybe hour two? Nope. <laughs> okay. Well, my car's kind of this way. How 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 kinda? Kinda. Hour again? Eh, yeah, about. Yeah, we're gonna take it back to our car. I think. Thanks, though. Okay. Um, he's a older man. You'd guess that he's probably 45. And he's got on very warm wool uh, uh, gloves and, and a hat. And um, 
he's got on a big sort of um, like burlap jacket um, and <clears throat> he's just tromping through the woods fairly happily are, and are you guys like trying to lose him or because like he'll just walk with you if you you know don't tell him to like go away or anything like that oh, okay. uh, actually um, Joseph Albert uh, you know your your clothes look mighty warm and as I said our friends uh, they fell in the river they're not doing so hot you think I might be able to maybe buy your hat and gloves for from you oh Oh no, um, my, my, my mom, you know, she, she made, made these and, uh, she's no, no longer, she's in the heaven. Um, so, uh, but you can, you can wear them for, for a bit, you know, but I got, got to get them back. Uh, um, cause you know, my mom's in heaven. That, that's wonderful actually. Yeah, we, we appreciate that. We'll definitely give them back. Um, I missed it. Mr. Albert, uh, you got any food on here by chance? Jerkies or anything? Oh, yeah. And he'll uh, pull out this bag of, uh, like, mixed, like, nuts. You see, like, some pecans and walnuts and peanuts and things like that. And they're just kind of in this uh, little burlap bag. And he'll hand them to you. (laughs) Mr. Albert... Are you sure you didn't come down from the heaven? <laughs> oh boy! Oh. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not in in heaven. No, no. That's just by way of saying I'm much obliged. You, 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 you're, you're, you're good with us, spreading this around. Oh yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Hey. I'll return the favor when we get back to the, to the wherever. Okay. And I'll start passing out some trail mix or whatever it is. Yeah, the rest of us have hung back a, a little bit away from the conversation, so uh, we wouldn't have known what was going on up there. Hey, he's, he's got some food on him. Yeah, pass this around. <laughs> okay, it looks like like it's okay. Come on, everybody. I'll, I'll, I'll walk back and pace with him and say, Mr. Albert, you seem to be the type that comes out here often. Oh, yeah? Yeah, ever see anything... peculiar? One might say... a little otherworldly. He looks very confused when you say otherworldly. Anything kind of spooky? Anything that isn't, you know, just rabbits and, uh... Coyotes and whatever. Oh, yeah. But I, I'm not supposed to talk about that. Oh, yeah? Who says? Oh, Doc Wagner. He said I'm not supposed to talk about that. No. Nope, nope, nope. Does Ronnie know Doc Wagner? Uh, Elliot would. Yeah, uh, Elliot hears that and uh, says, you, you, you see Doc Wagner? Oh, yeah. He's my friend. Hi. Happened to meet, meet his acquaintance the uh, the other day. Uh, I'm Elliot Halloway. And I extend my hand that's like shivering um, over towards him. Oh, Joseph Albert. Nice to meet you. And he'll shake your hand very uh, aggressively. 
likewise. Thank you for the uh, for these things. Um, here, Nora, take the the gloves, and the hat, and hey, champ, you hungry? Yeah, uh, yeah. Hold out your hands, and I'm gonna um, motion to the whoever's got the the trail mix. Yeah, he'll uh, hold out his hands and then start greedily eating. Not not too fast. You'll choke. It's, he's really greedily eating. Like he's got his full face in his hands and he's like, like a dog almost. Hey, slow down there, kiddo. Oh, uh, sorry, sorry, dad. Uh, Just just really hungry. Yeah, I I understand. One or two at a time. Dr. Greenbank? Okay. Does Hamlet look different? Are there any, like, noticeable changes in his appearance other than being cold? Not really. I mean, he seems, uh, he seems pretty similar to, you know, um, when you met him eight hours ago or so. Okay. Peace yourself, sweetie. Okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. We just don't want you to choke. Okay. And he'll smile at you. Mr. Albert, this doc says you're not supposed to talk about it, uh, but uh, can you give us a hint? Oh no, last time he punched me right in the eye when, you know, uh, I'm not supposed to talk about that either. The doctor punched you in the eye? Dear Lord. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, Mr. Albert, let's... Let's not, you you don't have to tell us directly, but just tell us if there's anything dangerous. Oh, yeah. You, you, you shouldn't, shouldn't be out here. Why are you out here? Oh, I'll be fine. Why are you fine? He'll uh, open up his jacket and he'll show you that uh, he has a uh, 45 caliber 1911 um, (laughs) hanging on his belt. All right. Okay. (laughs) Mr. Albert, uh, (laughs) that uh, cabin you spoke of, does that belong to Dr. Wagner? Oh, no. You know the owners? Oh, yeah. They live here? No. They're in heaven. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I start looking around at the others, like, in a really sketched out sort of way. Yeah. Dorothy's looking straight ahead. She is not acknowledging anything, just walking and listening. Dart mumbles under his breath, bar for decorse. Mr. Albert, just between you and me, could you whisper the owner's names to me? Oh, yeah. My Pie Albert. Your parents... Oh, yeah. Mr. Albert, did you ever see anything in the basement? Anything a little strange? Oh, I'm not supposed to go down there. No. How did your parents get to heaven? Well, they got sick and 
you know, brought him to the doc and they just kept getting sicker and the doc said he did everything he could, but they went to heaven. Who, what doc? Your doc? No, Doc Wagner. Yeah. I'm not a doc. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm like staring straight through Dr. Greenbank right now. Mr. Mr. Albert. Were your parents social? I grab his arm and I like press on it as tight as I can with my feeble grasp right now. Ow! And then I subtly, the very subtlest I can muster, shake my head no, as in don't finish that sentence. Jeepers. Frosty. It was <laughs> nice to meet you. Um, we'll be sure to catch up at some point to get your things back to you. Frosty, he's got a gun. We could use him. Th- thanks for helping us. Oh, no problem. Always trying to do the nice thing. Yeah, you, you're very, very nice. I'll, I'll make sure to tell the doc to be on the lookout just in case he stop by because, you know, you're cold and such. Well, you, you know, you know that the, the, how the doctor didn't want you to talk about things with other people? Oh, yeah, lots of things. Yeah, could, could you do the same for us? Okay, Elliot Holloway. Yeah. You just don't mention that you saw anyone here. That that'd be swell. And I kind of uh, tap him on the arm a little bit and smile. Absolutely. I won't say nothing, Dart, or Ronnie, or Elliot. Our secret. All right. God bless you, Joseph. <laughs> We're gonna take off. Oh, God bless you. Oh. He'll nod and uh, he'll reach into a pocket and he'll pull out another hat and he'll put it over his ears and he'll march off going the other direction and back into the woods. Hustle, hustle, go, come on. (laughs) Uh, I turn to Elliot and say, uh, uh, hey, Elliot there, did you ever actually introduce yourself to him? Yes, I did. I shook his hand. Sorry, just missed it then. Okay. That gave me a bit of the pachibas too. Oh, that was what gave you the huge <laughs> Let's move quickly. I think that uh, you hustle through the woods for maybe another hour, and you reach the, the parking lot. And Dr. Greenbank, your car is sitting right where you left it. That's cool. Come on. The sooner we can get inside and get that thing started and get you guys out of those wet things, the better. So wasn't it the cop car that we took and not her car? Oh, you're 100% right. There is a fucking cop car there. You are 1,000% correct. Friend, (laughs) the police are here. We're safe. Yeah, you uh, get into the car and dart it takes a few times of uh of turning the ignition and you have to kind of pump the gas a little bit but it eventually fires up and you're able to pull out of there and where would you guys like to go hey vandemeek take us somewhere warm and public sounds like the four seasons to me or perhaps if we don't want to 
have to explain ourselves. Oh, it's finally starting to warm up in here a little bit. Perhaps, oh, perhaps we could go by the boarding house. Uh, your room isn't huge, but you guys could all fit there if you wanted. Are the roads still absolutely horrible? We still have chains on. Uh, you do still have the chains on, but the roads aren't absolutely terrible anymore. Um, it's been it's been an evening and uh, an entire day since the snowstorm. Now, I'll take anywhere at this point, especially if they have a drink. You know, I am uh, I'm kind of for staying in the public eye because it seems less likely that anything can come after us. But it wouldn't be too terrible if we go to my place. It's empty, and as far as I know, it hasn't been ransacked. Dart, do not forget about the note that you uh, found in the rifle before you lost it as well. There's a note in the rifle? Yeah, remember it said basement on it. My house still has that thing in it that seemed to be keeping things away. Oh, yeah. I'm going to pull out the paper from my inner layers and say, I still got that uh, that etching. If we ever want to try and recreate it. Eleanor, is there anything at, at your house that you need? I know that because of what happened, you might not want to stay there. Just close. We need to make a stop. All right. So um, I think we will fast forward to y'all arriving at uh, Eleanor's house. It still is, you know, the door is ajar. There is snow inside of it. And she'll kind of gasp um, as she's walking inside, just taking stock of what it actually looks like in there. And then she'll just turn to the closet and grab the um, winter stuff that they did not have a chance to grab when they were abducted and then she'll go to both her room and Hamlet's room and uh, gather up some clothes and um, as she's in Hamlet's room she'll yell Elliot could you please come here yes I'll I'll be right there Um, and I you know kind of give everybody else a look to say that I'm going in and, and I follow her in there Um, she'll look up at you and she looks very sad and she'll say I am sorry for the way I reacted but I do think that it would be best whenever we figure out whatever this is and we're done with it that we go back to our separate ways, Ellie We we have plenty of time to figure everything out um there's still so much to tell you that it was not really the right place in the in the woods but yes let's just gather the things first first things first she'll she has kind of some of uh hamlet's stuff and she'll um just push it into your chest and go back to grabbing uh some more things yeah, and uh, after we get loaded up, um, well, I want to take a quick look around the house um, also and see if uh, see if like there's any sign of the you know things like B 
being extra hot that would have like you know left marks on things like how uh the things that chased the the sheriff and all that they they were like sort of burning some stuff um go ahead and roll me wisdom all right that's a fail or uh, alternatively you could say that you wanted to take um an amount of time and we could go from there as well he's not going to take any extra time he's just going to okay. like kind of pace around and look and when he doesn't see what he's looking for he just kind of <sighs> then shakes his head and then gets back to the car uh nora will also follow you out and she'll throw some things in the trunk and get into the vehicle i, I think we should uh i'd like to get the things from my room and then um perhaps we could stock up on some food from the trading post i would like a bath if that's possible oh uh, yeah there there's a bathroom at the the trading post as well the the boarding house or you could you know possibly wait until we're in marinette are they talking privately uh no i think you guys are in the car um driving to the boarding house right now as this conversation is happening if it's of any interest to anyone uh I have a bath in my house, surprisingly large, and I know what you might be thinking. A guy living on his own, alone, it's gonna be a filthy mess. But I have inspections pretty regularly from people, <laughs> and I have to keep the place tidy at all times, so actually it's, uh, it's pretty pretty clean if you're interested if we don't want to you know alert attention with our police car just putting that out there uh do you have a garage yeah sure i got a garage small one but it's there uh small one's fine i'm just thinking we don't want you know the squad car parked in your driveway or nothing yeah it's not uncommon for the cops to visit me, too. That's another inspection that we don't need to go into. <laughs> well, having a cop car out front might keep the first kind of inspections to a minimum. Sure. Yeah, that's a that's a valid point. Okay, then. <clears throat> Ronnie, do you know how many uh, officers of the law would be around these, these parts? We know what happened to the two. I don't want to say why. But I happen to know the exact number. <laughs> it's just four of them. So I'm assuming that two were on the lookout for the other two as we speak. No doubt. Okay. I do suppose staying at your place since it's right down the road reduces our risk of exposure? At this point, I'm not going to say anything with assurance or assurity, but... <laughs> I mean, I just think that it's a it's a place to lay low if we want to lay low. It works for me. So, do you have a car that's there that we could switch into? My coupe's there. Going to be a bit cramped, but yes, I think parking in the garage, even though we'd risk the first inspection, the second one would be a little bit more difficult to deal with. And other than that, once we're there, we could switch cars and go to the trading post afterwards so yeah instead of like stopping there i think we should keep on moving to uh perfect all right 
Um, I think uh, maybe 15 minutes later, you arrive at uh, at Ronnie's house. You pull around the coop that's parked in the driveway, and Ronnie gets out, and he opens up this garage door. It creaks loudly. It probably hasn't been opened in a while. And you pull the car inside, and you all get out and then slam the door shut behind it. And Ronnie, I think that you probably have a key, so you could lock it as well, and then you guys can all go inside. There's a bath upstairs, and uh, I should have enough food in the kitchen right now to make something. I don't know what. I'm not exactly a chef myself. I just know how to mix drinks. We can make something work. Um, Nora will immediately head upstairs, and uh, as she gets to the stairwell, she'll turn around and look at uh, Elliot and say, Could you please just... Watch Hamlet for a while. I'll be back. Of course. Yes. Uh, will do. And she'll bring a change of clothes with her up there when she goes as well. And Hamlet is... I think that he immediately goes and curls up in, in a chair um, in Ronnie's living room. And I think he passes out pretty quickly. I think he's tired and... Now that the little rascal's asleep, uh, we could ask this lady about, the, you know... Jumping across the river, getting taken out of a house. She hasn't said a single word. It's been driving me crazy. God forbid she doesn't want to talk about it. I know. The curiosity sure is eating at me. Yeah, I I told her once things were somewhat settled down, I'd explain what led to where we are. She still hasn't heard any of the story about what happened to us. What was with Mr. Albert? That was a character, huh? What a kook. Yeah, that was... that was strange. Seemed like a nice guy. He did. Uh, Dr. Greenbank, did you arrive at the same conclusion that I did? That Wagoner probably poisoned his parents? Yes. And very likely is the one to do with what you guys found in the basement? I came to the conclusion about the poisoning. But I find it hard to believe that someone, someone who has done enough research into what those rituals mean would be willing to do them. Humans have nothing to gain from the presence of those things. Ronnie's eyes are just wide darting back and forth between you as you talk. <laughs> you said that there were two bodies down there? Three if you want to be technical about it. I give her like a kind of like when you'd say something to a puppy and it hasn't heard the word before and it kind of tilts its head. One of them was, and she's going to like look look over behind her and make sure that uh, Hamlet is still asleep and seeing that he is, she'll go, one of them was a fetus. Still attached by an umbilical cord, but split open all the same. Wait, was the newspapers, uh, wasn't one of the missing with child oh no oh those poor girls I just happened to be reading some of the old papers in the, the bus on the way up here so uh there's a lot to untangle here I still need to get my things from the trading post and I still need to get us all drinks I need to get my things from the four seasons as well it, it's a it, <sighs> 
I'm just going to keep occupied by mixing fast cocktails at the moment. You know, Ronnie, maybe hold off on the drinks. It looks like we might have to go for a ride. I take a shot when he says that. <laughs> I should. I, I feel like I have to, in good conscience, tell you guys right now that the things we're dealing with have an intimate connection to starvation. What, what exactly does that mean? The story goes that when someone is about to starve to death and they resort to cannibalism, they turn into one of those. It's everything that is greed, hunger, famine manifest. Those qualities made flesh and there's no saving them. There, there were other carcasses in that cave. Exactly. We should get Mr. Albert his trail mix back. I, Ronnie, I, I like kind of just like slowly turn and look over towards the chair that, um, that Hamlet's sleeping in and then look back at them. Halloway, <clears throat> Frosty. Yes. Your boy sure was hungry back there. Yes, he was. I think if that was a thing that we needed to be worried about, he would have attacked one of us. Let's just... Let's just keep him well fed, alright? Yes. And when he wakes up, we can always ask him how long they were down there. What they've seen and haven't seen. That's very true. I'm just going to start shoving all the food in my kitchen into bags and lunch boxes and stuff. <laughs> I'm going to make something warm. I think both of them are going to need it. Yeah, I think you're able to throw something together. Um, Ronnie doesn't have much, but I think you, you, I think you have to make breakfast. I don't think that uh, I don't think you have any other opportunity but to make uh, breakfast. Um, My God, we need to do some grocery shopping for you. I do not understand how you live like this. I spend all my time at the Four Seasons. What do you want? <sighs> oh, hun, hasn't anyone ever told you that getting personally involved with your work is dangerous? What am I gonna do here? This is hardly the time. <laughs> Nora will come down the stairs. She looks ragged, but better. The color is back in her face, um, and she's wearing dry clothes now. Um, and she'll uh, hand back your undershirt to you, uh, Dart, and she'll say, Do you have any tea or coffee, uh, Ronnie? Ronnie, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna be give her kind of an annoyed look like, you know, we work together, right? <laughs> I'm one step ahead of you and she'll press a cup of coffee into her hands. Um, she'll take a sip of it and then set it down and sort of put her head in her hands and look up and alright, ask it. I know you all have questions. Yes. And we'll tell our side of the story, too. But uh, first, how long were you there? Um, I don't know. Not that long. 
two days a day it's hard to keep track of time when you're you're not seeing the sunlight of course what on god's white snowy earth happened to you back at the house i uh was um i was i was reading and hamlet was asleep and there was something moving outside and I opened up the door to see what it was and there was nothing there. I I closed the door, I went back and I, I picked up my book and then the door just exploded open and this, this pale creature looked sort of human but had this row of teeth just jagged and, and pointed and these red eyes and it was gaunt just skin and bones but it, it tore through the house and went after after Hamlet and I tried to tried to hit it and get it off of him and then then it, it took him and I, I ran after him and then something took me and then it dragged me through the woods for an hour I'm not sure it was put into the cave and believe you said there were three creatures in total one was smaller than the other two I don't understand why did he leave you in the cave they threw body parts at us think they wanted us to eat them. Did either of you eat any of it? No. No. Thank God. There's a palpable, like, Dorothy's whole body releases tension. Okay. Alright. Okay. Dr. Greenbank, if this whole thing relies on starvation, why are they feeding them body parts? To try and get them to eat human flesh. To become those creatures. Are you sure that Hamlet didn't? I fell asleep for some of it, but Hamlet was always asleep before I would fall asleep. That's that's a relief. Um, Doctor, would you like to fill her in on on what you shared with us? The creatures that we're dealing with the Wendigos. They're Algonquin, Menominee, various Native American tribes' uh, beliefs, and they're a monster. These monsters generally appear almost exactly as the ones you described, and they are starvation made manifest. They are what people who resort to cannibalism to avoid starvation become. And the two, well, the three that you were with, 
that you were captured by are people whose bodies we found. Now, it's a good thing that neither of you ate any of that, or you would probably be either starting to transform already or about to. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad. And she'll just like reach over and take one of her hands. She's like, this is, this is something that I have studied and never experienced. And this is one of the few things that I've studied that I hoped I would never experience. I'm glad that we don't have to experience it with you and Hamlet on the receiving end. Okay. What do we do now? Well, um, I believe Dr. Greenbank and possibly Dart need to grab some things from the resort. I need to grab some things from the trading post. And we happened to find out that Dr. Greenbank's basement includes a ward that keeps these things at bay. Okay. I know it's a lot to take in. And she'll kind of nod quickly. I mean, it, it, yeah, she seems like she's still very much in shock. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit more than that. Knowing what we know and presuming that we're the only people that know what we know, we have a responsibility to end this. Here's a question nobody's asked so far. Why you and why us? They don't speak. They, they, I don't know. There's so much we don't know. Why was the window shattered at the Four Seasons? Why did they come after Greenbank? Why'd they trash your office? I'm assuming they came after me because this is mostly my whole life. They trashed her office? Yes, I'm a lecturer, a professor at the University of Wisconsin Marinette, and we went into my office to look for some things, and the whole thing was trashed. It seems like everything that's happened revolves around Frosty and Greenbank. That doesn't make any sense, though. I don't think that they'd be able to read. Maybe we ought to start all the way at the beginning. And uh, we're going to go through and just, like, repeat everything that's happened. What would you consider to be the beginning? Well, for me, it'd be when I arrived in town. Me as well. That's when the window shattered. That's the first I saw of this thing. Correct. Dart was there. All right. It was radioactive, and that's when we found out that Green Bank's office had been trashed. Uh, uh, Frosty, before we went to Green Bank's office, we found you and you was in the snow. Uh, I experienced a sort of fugue state, I guess you would call it. I heard something outside. I went to investigate, then I found a body mutilated in the street and then the next thing I knew I woke up handcuffed to a bed in the Dr. Wagoner's office with the sheriff there there was a body that you saw yes there were reports mm -hmm. in the papers okay maybe not everything is circled around you and Greenbank after all there's 
also a matter of the dreams. What do you mean, the dreams? Every time I've fallen asleep since this started happening, I... Well, I close my eyes and then open them back up and I am in a shared extra planar space, for lack of a better term. She, like, looks at you for a second and then she points at uh, Dart and says, Hey, you, um, can I bum a square? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he just pulls out a, a fresh pack and tosses it over to her with a, a box of matches. She'll tap a cigarette on the table a couple of times, and then uh, it takes her a few times to get the match lit because she's kind of shaking as she does it, and then she'll light up the cigarette. So, uh, uh, the extra, excuse me, uh, have you started smoking? Elliot, yes, but it's none of your business. All right, uh, anyways, the... Sorry, I was just distracted. The, uh, the dreams, um, I would wake up within them and be experiencing waking life, only I would be in a different place, a place that oftentimes wasn't the, the current habitation of where I was, or at least not at the same time. The first was at, I believe, Dr. Greenbank's house but before I was ever there and we she was there too and experienced the dream at the same time we then experimented with the reality of the situation and were able to compare notes after we woke up Um, the next night we continued the experimentation and found a hallway of doors after leaving the house and these doors led to other experiences in her past, one being her wedding. Uh, From there, we climbed through a window and ended up in a room with, well, quite frankly, the voice of God, the Metatron from the Holy Bible. What? It's exactly how it sounds. Are you all insane? No. I. This sounds... I know how exactly how crazy this sounds. I wouldn't believe it if somebody told it to me. But I promise it's all true. You were just abducted by some crazy, uh... Giant ravenous monster. I mean, Dark I think tannin. everything's... Um, no. Please. I'm just saying, everything's on the board at this point. Maybe we should all be sent to the loony bin. Right, but he's saying that he's been chosen by God or something? This is no, this not, is insane. Not chosen by God, just contacted by an angel. I have been too. What? And if I'm correct, Dart, you you as well, right? Uh, yes, um, in the cabin during the woods when we came to find you, um, I lost consciousness and eventually Dart fell asleep too um, and we shared a dream sequence why are you always in everybody's dreams though we have not yet figured that out we're working on it hey uh this voice of god fella yes 
How come we're having to figure all this stuff out? Why don't he just tell us? I believe he might. He did say that he would meet me in real life. Okay. Eleanor, he did tell us where you were. We wouldn't have been able to find you if it wasn't for the Metatron. Well, I'm just saying, I have a lot of questions for him. I don't know why he hasn't talked to me. Probably the same reason no one talks to you. That shit! That hurts, Vandemeek. That hurts real bad. I toss him a, a cigarette and say, well, you know, true hurts, bud. And I, I kind of smile at him. But he's right. The voice of God did tell me exactly where you and Hamlet were in a dream. You're so buddy-buddy with this fellow. Why don't you just fall asleep again? Get some more answers. Well, there's things we need to get before we can do that. And as we discussed earlier, I think we should probably sleep at Dr. Greenbanks where that ward is still holding things at bay. So, do you have any questions? This is complete insanity. This is complete and utter insanity. Well, I don't know if anybody's willing to argue with you there. the rest of us have hung back a, a little bit away from the conversation so uh we wouldn't have known what was going on up there hey oh we got some or yeah that's james coming out <laughs> hey check it out hey. check, it, check it out homies Yo, we got up? some nuts <laughs> motherfuckers <laughs> so <laughs> fucking no remind me of this old man's name again eric was joseph albert Justin. Joseph Albert. I've literally said, said it, it nine like seventy-five times. times. What? I'm writing it down. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna go through and just like repeat everything that's happened. And uh, I don't know if we need to. All right, folks, go back and listen to episode one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, back in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> what would you consider to be the beginning? If it doesn't stop, I will. Yeah, he just pulls out a, a fresh pack and tosses it over to her with a box of lighters. Bo- sorry. A box of matches. <laughs> box of lighters would be weird. Um, Here you go, yeah, no, 24 uh... picks. <laughs> the Devil's Antlers is a production by the Time to Die Podcast Network. We have other adventures too, and they're all available at timetodierpg.com. Our website also features ways you can support us, such as Patreon for pledging monthly and Ko-fi for one-time donations. The ukulele music is by Charlotte Pelgin. You can buy her fantastic album at charlottepelgin.com. It's available physically and digitally. Our players tonight were Tim Demuse as the Game Master, Chris Riley as Elliot Halloway, Aubrey Gray as Dr. Greenbank, Eric Pat as Dart Vandermeek, 
and Brian Bridges as Ronnie Pinkerton. That's a me! Our social media links and all the links I've mentioned are in the description of this episode. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you again on the next episode of The Devil's Antlers. Thank you.